Hey everyone, welcome to episode three of Live Bullions. I'm here as always with Costa. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going good, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, first time we're recording in the same room together. It feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can look into your eyes and you can look into mine <laughs> at the same time, which we just discussed is real important. Um, yeah, joining us is Dan or Daniel Freer from Pond Games, who just released uh, Right, a uh, pixel art side scroller platformer that's addictively fun to play and pretty and just all the good things. So, welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. So we thought we'd start off with Riot. You just recently released it. How many days ago now? Uh, it's on its third day now. So yeah, just over 48 hours ago. Wow. So it's pretty um, fresh. Is this your first project? Yeah. 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 Um, it's your first commercial release as well? Like this is, have you, you've messed around with other stuff before or? I mean, I've done kind of a couple of jams and things like that with other people. I haven't done it by myself. Um, so yeah, pretty much my first project and definitely the first commercial release yeah what uh, what inspired you to make right uh i've just always loved platformers like i just it's my favorite genre of games i like playing all different genres but platformers are ones i'm always looking out for yeah, and yeah. yeah i just love them especially when they're well made so i wanted my first project to be quite small and keep the scope small um but i also wanted it to be something that i enjoy making and playing so that's why i chose a platformer for the first one what was the uh what did you start off with what was the console you started off with or ah. pc games or so yeah when i was i think i was five my parents bought my brother and i a super nintendo there you go <laughs> super mario world was like literally yeah. the first game i played and you know that's setting the bar pretty high but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah been been addicted since so. it's it's always interesting seeing like what people started off playing and then it, you just see the the direct link into yeah. the games that they've made and, yeah. and all the art style and the actual gameplay mechanics as well. You get your hands dirty in one thing and then you track that dirt all yeah. over the house and yeah. into everything else. Uh, so who does who does Pond Games consist of? Is it just yourself? Or? It's just me. Um, yeah, I uh, commissioned my friend who's a composer to do the soundtrack and that worked out really well because, yeah, he did an amazing job and I also have no skill set in that area so I was, I was yeah it was either that or go with kind of royalty free music so um but yeah pond games is just me for now but yeah, yeah we'll you did the right choice with music that music is we were talking about before you mentioned that yeah. the music's awesome yeah he did an amazing job and he was really good to work with and you know i gave him kind of example tracks for each area of what i wanted to sound like and stuff and it was good and um how did you become a game dev yourself like did you like you know you mentioned you did a couple game jams yeah was it just all of a sudden i want to want to make this game and then i'm gonna create pond games out of that it's something yeah that i've wanted to do my whole life basically but um my kind of work history has always been in coffee so that's mm -hmm. yeah kind of a bit different always worked in cafes um and yeah opened my own shop when i was 24 mm -hmm. i sold that when i was 27 and have been trying to kind of wanting to switch into games mm -hmm. since, but mm -hmm. been pretty slow. Um, yeah, a lot of it's just been kind of self-learning at home. So That's what I was about yeah. to ask you. Yeah, so it's all mainly self-taught? Yeah, I mean, YouTube tutorials yeah. um, are the reason this game exists. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Are, are you familiar with um, like the background of um, uh, Stardew Valley? Uh, sort of. That yeah. has a similar thing, because it's a, as in... Art-wise, it's you know it's it's a pixel art one, but it's a like a solo developer was doing it 
yeah. by himself. Yeah. Uh, YouTube tutorials, I guess. Um, whatever the equivalent was in 2008. I wasn't born yet, so I think it's 2008. I don't know. But um, <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely that. There's a, there's a lot more, I imagine, decision-making on your own part, which just makes it easier if, if it's just going through you, you know, like, yeah, was it, was it an easy process or was it like a lot of second guessing? Cause it wasn't bouncing back or. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that process is easier if you're doing it by yourself, but I find that there's, yeah, just a lot of little things that you do want a second opinion on that you just have to either reach out to friends to try and get an opinion or whatever. So you can get caught up in that, but overall I think it, it's, yeah, it can be beneficial to do it by yourself because you just do what you want every time. Yeah. I remember seeing it at the last AGD Unwind. You had it and you were doing the play test and that, you, I imagine you would have got amazing feedback. I know that with our games, when we've done in-person feedback, uh, play events and stuff, you get such good feedback that you could look at the game for 10 years by yourself and you would just never see it. You know? Right, completely. So um, I had a f quite a bit of play testing throughout, but what I've found now having released it is I basically got everyone when they tested it to play it from the start and kind of the first half of the game got thoroughly play tested. And I think there's a good kind of ramp in difficulty and teaching the player, but yeah, the later levels is quite a, quite a difficulty spike, which people are kind of struggling with. And that's yeah, cause I didn't, mm. didn't have any play testing for the, yeah, for the, the late game. So. Yeah. Are you going to update it, change it or just keep it as it is? That will change. Uh, that'll stay the same essentially. I do. I am planning on um, doing a few updates, some quality of life stuff, and mm. um, but more or less the level sequence and layout is going to stay the same. Mm. I will hopefully do some like level packs DLC at yep. some point as well, and they will be likely a kind of in between the like yeah later levels and mid levels in terms yep. of difficulty. Yep, yep. Just like that kind of really fun stage. Have uh, is is Pond Games going to expand, or now that you sort of <laughs> launched it, or I mean that yeah, that all depends how the game does, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But um, yeah, I'd like to. Um, at the moment, I'm talking with a local programmer who who's familiar, very familiar with Game Maker Studio mm -hmm. too, which is what I used to make it. Mm -hmm. So he's going to help me. I'm contracting him to help me do at least one update and potentially more after that, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, at very least, I'll I'll be continuing to make games, and you know, if this one doesn't kind of yeah. make me enough to employ someone else to help me, maybe yeah. the next one will. Yeah. But, yeah. So you mentioned you use Game Maker Two. Yeah. Like Studio Two. What other software did you use, and how did you find the development process? You know, you did you come into it not knowing anything, and you learnt it, and then went from there, or? Yeah, basically, um, I did a really little tutorial series on just using game maker so i made you know a little game in a day essentially mm -hmm. um and then yeah after that um that just really helped kind of the pipeline of you know doing art getting it in and, and then you know turning it into an object mm -hmm. and then coding that object and mm -hmm. yeah just how game maker works in general and then yeah after that um other programs i used Sprite is the one for all the pixel art which I thoroughly recommend to anyone looking to do pixel art. I think it's 15 or 20 US dollars, but I've put thousands of hours into that program. Mm -hmm. It's so user-friendly and quite powerful for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I used that. I used Audacity for some of the editing of sound effects, a little 
sound creation program called BFXR I used. Um, yeah, that was about it. And and with the music, yeah. I know you, you contracted or you worked with a friend of yours who's a composer. Yeah. What was that process like? I know you mentioned that you gave a couple sort of sample tracks. Was it back and forth? Yeah, very much so. Um, we... We met up for coffee just to discuss a project and then I'd kind of written a big list of, you know, what I wanted um, with like, yeah, track examples and stuff like that for the different tracks. Um, and then, yeah, he just kind of took that and ran with it and then, yeah, gave me really early drafts just of kind of soundscapes, mm -hmm. not even mm -hmm. so much songs uh, for each and, yeah, then developed them and, yeah, it was quite a good back and forth for each track, you know, four or five times until yeah yeah kind of polished them all yeah and I, I even i was i was listening to it just you know while i was working as well just because yeah. i find like it's so calming and soothing but it's got so much different um you know so many different types of sort of sounds in that whole uh soundtrack so it's yeah I, I found it was like really awesome as well yeah he did such a great job and a lot of a lot of the feedback um that people have been giving me on twitter or on steam reviews or whatever Almost all of them mentioned the music. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how is that initial feedback now that you've got it, now that you've released it? Good, yeah. I mean, the Steam reviews are really good. I think there's been, yeah, like one negative review so far, but that was a really long written review. Like, he gave good thorough feedback, so it wasn't just like someone, you know. So it was actually constructive. Yeah, it yeah. was. So that's good, and I, was, I responded to that. So, yeah, that's been really good. Um by the way, the artist's name for anyone listening who made the music is Grand Prize Big Fuzz. Just, you know, want to give Check you a shout out. out. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a, um, I think he's got a SoundCloud or what's the other one? that SoundCloud, use? I know he's going to put it on. I saw it. it was Bandcamp. Yeah. Bandcamp, yeah. I think he's got it on Bandcamp now and it will be on Spotify, on Spotify yeah. soon, but it's not yet. And I think it's also available on Steam. Yeah, so you yeah. can buy it and you can buy it at the same time as the game in a bundle for yeah, 10%. Awesome. So what was uh, your like your skills going into this and was there any skills you had to learn while you were working on this? Uh, most of the skills I had to learn while I was working on it. Um, yeah, actually, I did go to TAFE about oh, 12 years ago now to do game art. So I did like 3D modeling stuff there. Okay. And, yeah, so that did you go Yeah. Yeah, same here. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I, I didn't finish so and I didn't didn't really take to the 3D stuff, but pixel art I've kind of done on and off since high school. More in the last two years, it's been kind of a serious pursuit. So I've, yeah, I've seen improvement in that and really enjoy that. But yeah, coding, I had essentially no experience and I still, you know, I still can't mm. do it to save my life. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I had to learn all of that. Um, a friend did. A friend who codes helped me with a few aspects of the game, mm -hmm. um, just like things like level unlocking and saving and loading and things yep, like yep. that. I just couldn't wrap my head around. Yep. Um, but yeah, everything's learning like marketing. All that sort I've, of stuff. I haven't done it well, but that's just yeah. I don't well, enjoy I mean, that got, as yeah, well. I mean, you've got a big Twitter following, so yeah. sure you've done something right. You know? Yeah, I think. That's, yeah, that's been good to build. People just really like visual stuff. And yeah. my Twitter is mostly visual because it's just pixel art awesome and animation. Art. Yeah, and yeah. People, people really take to that. So. that. That would be a really good thing to touch on right now because um, uh, marketing is something that's uh, just not well understood, especially in our area. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but if you hadn't said that, though, like you wouldn't know what you're doing. I wouldn't have thought that because was it just a few days ago? I saw like one of your posts, like a few hours after you done it, 143 likes, which to me is like dream numbers. I would yeah. crave for that. Um, is it, was there a was it a steady growth or did you do something and it was there and how often are you posting? Yeah, there's often just on my personal Twitter. There's often whatever post will just take off. Like I, a couple of months ago now, I animated um, this little waterfall. It was for someone else's project, but they didn't end up using it. Um, yeah, just this little kind of animated waterfall, and it got like three thousand likes or something. Like no. the biggest post I've yeah. done. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I mean, I was happy with the animation, but it's just like all my other is stuff. It, is, it, is it like the, it's the hashtags you use? It's, it's you know, the, the, it's the type of content, but also the... I find that, yeah, I mean, using like Instagram and stuff in the past, I never used hashtags, but on Twitter I've just, I've, I've used it and I do find that if I use them, it gets more likes. Yeah, yeah. Like it just gets yeah. a bigger reach. So, yeah, I always use like pixel art, hashtag, and indie dev and game dev and stuff like that. Have you, have you found that... I know you said that you were like a barista, you, had, you worked in coffee. Have you found that like skills that you've learned in that have applied to the way that you run pond games and the way that you, you know, like management things or that sort of stuff? Not really, because it's all, you know, solo development. It's just yeah. more about self-management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that might be handy if and when I can employ people. Yep. Um, but even then, you know, I, running a studio is very <laughs> different to running a cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one thing as well that before I opened a coffee shop, I'd worked in a bunch and really mm -hmm. knew what I was doing, whereas yep, yep. game development, I kind of am wishing that I had worked in a studio before yep, starting yep. one just because I think it would yeah, it would be so beneficial to have an idea of yeah. how game studios yeah, run yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than just blindly making it up as I go. It's, I guess it's because there's so much going on. you got programming, you got art, you got mm -hmm. the game design itself. It's just like so many different disciplines that you have to wrap your head around, especially if it's just like one person that's doing it. Yeah. And as well, it's not like you're getting paid by the hour. You're just doing it out of self-motivation. Yeah. So yeah. that plays into it a lot. It's, it's, if you, you've got things to do that you don't want to do, yeah. it's kind of really hard to make yourself do them sometimes. Whereas if you are doing it as a job, you just kind of get on with it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. 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 So. That's definitely been a recurring theme on the podcast about how much our industry is, very passion driven. Yeah. Like yeah. if whatever the worst case scenarios were, like these will never disappear because they're made by people who are just driven. It's yeah, not, it's just exactly. something you have to muster up. You can't learn it or anything, you know, it's, you can learn to build it. Yeah. But that spark has to be in there. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. Any, any plans to release on other platforms? Uh, yeah. I mean, no official plans. I think, a Mac and Linux, Linux yeah. sorry, build um, is yeah probably going to happen. I haven't I haven't kind of looked at that yet, but yep. I don't think that's too hard to do through Game Maker. Um, so those yeah will more than likely happen. Oops. A lot of people are asking for Switch. Yes, um, <laughs> that's what which I, I I do think the game would suit a Switch release, and even their like resolution that I chose was with that in mind because it. Um, scales up pixel perfect to both the handheld resolution and the 1080p oh, on the TV. So, um, I, yeah, I do want to do that, but that will more more than likely involve a third party porting it. Yep. Um, not just from the technical side of porting a game, but 
to get on Nintendo or any console is that there's a much larger checklist of things you need to do mm-hmm. um, for them to accept your game. And yeah, if you go through like a porting company, they know all that. And all that sort of if stuff. you do that yourself, yeah, that can just lead to absolute burnout. <laughs> yeah. I think. And, yeah. So that as a console port is more dependent on how the game does. Yeah. So. so you mentioned like burnout. How does it feel now that you've actually released it? It feels great. And um, I've really, what I'm enjoying and looking forward to most is just kind of spending a bit of time doing free art and working on little projects. And anytime I was doing that throughout the development, I'd feel really guilty yeah. that I'm not working on my game, but I'm yeah, still yeah. doing like pixel art or something yeah, like yeah. that. So I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm like, yeah, just as motivated as I've ever been to just do creative things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I definitely got burnt out on the project and, you know, I still don't have huge motivation yeah, to go yeah, in yeah, and, like, yeah. do these updates and things because I just want to work on other stuff. How, but, how did you cope with all the, you know, that burnout when you were, like, did you have anything that you'd do that would sort of alleviate that stress? Or No, I think you just need to really allow yourself to walk away from it for a few weeks at a time yeah. if, if that's what you need. And Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're really struggling, just try and find a a small, easy task to do on the game that that you also enjoy. So, like, I would sometimes, when motivation was super low, just, yeah, do, like, a little pixel art animation that wasn't really necessary for the game, but... But it was fun and cool. Yeah, and then that that can just kind of help you get back into it a bit if you're struggling. That is an important technique, um, to not develop the tunnel vision, but realising that when building a game, there is a big list... Um, and if you're getting stuck on this one spot, you could jump to another, especially if, if, if uh, you're a solo team, you're your own boss, you can jump to another part of the list because it's all going to get done eventually. Yeah. You know? And while you're working on pixel art, that part of the brain might be what you need to also figure out, I don't know, tax verification on whatever. Or Yeah, and even things like just getting up and going for a walk, like leaving your office or house or whatever, is really good for just, yeah, you come back and you've rethought about a problem and you might not have even realised you were mm-hmm. kind of thinking about it yeah. specifically. But, yeah, you just have fresh eyes coming back into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always find that, like, you, you have a big list, you try to break it down as, as literally as granular as it gets and then and then work yeah. out one little thing and then you feel so, that progression, you feel at least like you're doing something. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, though, because yeah. what I found is... By the end, I just had left all the jobs that I didn't want to do. Yeah. And then you've just got this big list of jobs you, you don't want to do and they're not enjoyable. So, yeah, there, it, it, there is a bit of a trap there. Yeah. But. And then it comes the real grind right before you go to release. You're yeah. like doing all the really bad things you don't want to do. That's yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah. Right. Um, do you have any other projects coming up? I know you mentioned just like sort of seeing where things go with everything else. but Yeah, outside of updates for the game, which are definitely the priority, it'll be more just... Little personal projects. I've just kind of got a list of things, you know, fun things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Nothing like I'd like to do a reskin of Minecraft, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. um, I want to kind of just build a few Mario Maker levels, which I haven't been doing because yeah. they feel too much like work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're fun, but but then I'm like, I should be just making my own game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so things like that I'll be doing. I, I've kind of had a little idea for a. Um, a very small game that I'd like to just smash out quickly and I can kind of use what a lot of the code from right to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I might I might try and do a little month-long project 
for this fun idea I've had. Is it still sort of side scroller? You going down that yeah. path as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a bit more of a experimental thing. Yeah. But yeah. Is there a narrative to write? Because looking at him, I mean, well, the character. Yeah. Uh, has like a shield face. Yeah. He's got the sword. Like it looks like there's the potential for, you know, a, a, like a narrative of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, there's not. And <laughs> the the one thing that I'm worse at than programming is is like storytelling. <laughs> so uh, I just yeah, I tried to put in a few things like the character design and world. I tried to yeah make it all look like there's kind of a backstory, and then you know maybe in the future if there's a sequel or whatever, I can use what's there to build a bit of a story mm -hmm. so i kind of just try to keep it really vague and yeah light yeah. so maybe yeah. but yeah for now there's there's no story <laughs> yeah that's cool what do you what did you learn at the end of this project that you wish you knew at the start mm. oh <laughs> like was it story one of them is one of, you know that should have focused a bit on story or yeah i think um a lot of those things like at the start i was just focusing on what i really wanted to do which was make fun character movement and pretty pixel art and um so those were always the kind of driving forces behind it i guess yeah i wish i'd just put a bit more effort into yeah boring things like laying out menus and, and yeah maybe making a quick little story and yeah by the end of the project i still hadn't done a lot of things like a title screen or an yep. end screen and hadn't even really planned how I was going to do that. So the game really felt finished to me, but didn't have a few really basic things. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I wish I'd just put effort into those at the start yeah. and then they'd be there yeah. and I could improve them if I wanted yeah, or they'd yeah. be there just kind of done. So. But, I mean, you know, that, that stuff, I guess it's like, yeah, it's the extra bills and whistles that you, mm. you know that you get at the end. As long as the game works and it's fluid and that's, like, I'd say the most important part as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's pretty bare beautiful. bones yeah. around that. But. Yeah, the menu's beautiful. Oh, that's what's in you know, like yeah, I'll put the text over and like the cursor over and the way the text just grows. Yeah, like I was Thank mesmerized you. by that. <laughs> I was just going through them. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Was um, and this is a a question out of left field, but the one the the bit of art everyone's gonna you know take their own bit from it. My bit of art that's like ingrained is the collectibles, like the the like coins or the yeah. diamond shaped things, yeah. and the way they move, they move so fluidly. Is that, Thank you. Was that is that just a frame by frame pixel? Yeah, everything frame by frame. Um, I really enjoy making small animations and trying to make them as three dimensional as possible. Like it's just a fun thought process, spinning stuff around, you know, in your mind in three D, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just trying to draw it frame by frame in two D. It's just I don't know, like it's those, an addictive process. Those black and white swirly images they used to hypnotize yourself. Never gotten them. <laughs> never been able to do the eye magic puzzle. Those spinning diamonds, yeah. it's ingrained in me. I was just watching it for ages. I was like, is it a, just is it 3D? There, yeah. What's the technique? I've got to ask this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. No, it's all, all just 2D. And you just kind of start with an outline each frame and then think about the shadowing. Kind of lighting. Every, yeah, 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 yeah. The lighting is yeah, a huge part of it. That, so, that would have so been a lengthy like, process. I mean, like just doing all the little, it's just understanding the, where the light's coming from and the way you want to draw it so that it's all... Yeah, for some of it, it does take a while. Um, I really just enjoy it, though, so it doesn't yeah. feel like work. There's one of the things that can hurt you in the game is a like a spinning ball or a spike ball. Mm -hmm. And that, it's hard to explain without visuals, but that kind of rotates in 3D as it's rotating around mm -hmm. in 2D. So there's like it's spinning while it's 
turning, if that makes sense, or yeah, turning while it's yeah, spinning. Yeah. And that animation ended up being about like two days of work just for this <laughs> thing. So not exactly a good use of time, but yeah. um, that was one of the things that actually got me a lot of followers on Twitter. Like yeah. a lot of people noticed yeah, yeah, the yeah. effort I put into yeah, making that yeah, look 3D and stuff. So, and, yeah. yeah, I was really happy with how that turned out, even though it was a, a lot of hours spent yeah, yeah. on a very small thing. Well, worth but, it, worth it, yeah. yeah. So, so if this was covered before, but what was the timeline? Like I'm not timeline, so uh, like the... How long has it been since you started? I started at the beginning of 2019. So it was just under or about a year and a half um, of part-time work. So I've always kind of been working in cafes a few days a week while working on this just to keep myself afloat, yeah. essentially. Um, yeah, year and a half part-time. Do you reckon there'll be you'll uh, take it to like um, Avcon or PAX or something like that? Yes, I did plan on being at Avcon when it was meant to be around now. Now, yeah. Um, so I think I still will, even though the game's out, it's still, I'd love to do a convention because I've never done that and that'll in itself be a big learning process. Mm -hmm. But if I can do that, I'll learn a lot and then I'll be able to do more. Maybe yeah. packs if it yeah, yeah, yeah. happens and I can get oh, yeah. stuff over there and <laughs> everything's a sort of, yeah. 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 Um, Nothing's confirmed. Another thing that made me think of that as well, because when, when you said uh, convention, like, all these just like memories just come flooding back of conventions and stuff. And like one of the, one of the real benefits, and I think it's worth mentioning is like how this game, it's pixel art. So it runs on a laptop. So your yeah. convention experience is going to be real good. Cause you just have to plug in and yeah, do it. Uh, yeah. It basically runs on a potato. This game It's yeah. very, it's very <laughs> small. I mean, it's not optimized at all behind the scenes, but it kind of doesn't need to be. It's just like a, it's a very simple, basic game and it's yeah. Pixel art and stuff. So. Yeah. But like, Cause, uh, I'm late to the Battlefront game. So the last game I downloaded was like a week ago was Battlefront. And it's like an 80 gig download. And that was like, ah, uh, okay. And then when I downloaded Riot, that was so quick. I was like, yeah, I didn't even open it first. I had to check, yeah, I had to check my internet, make sure it was working. Like, just did not. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, the last game, or not last game, the last game I played was Last of Us 2. And that's, yeah, like yeah, 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 50 yeah. or 60 gig. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I played Final Fantasy VII Remake earlier. Yeah. And that was like almost 100 gig. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, and that's the thing. Though. I mean, like a game doesn't, like, you can be 20 megabytes and still be a game you invest hours into. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be overly, and you can fit so much detail like you've done with, with Riot as well. So it's, it doesn't have to be this 100 gig game that everyone expects, this AAA expectation, yeah. you know? So Have you seen that, um, I don't know what you call it, like a meme or something. Basically, it's like if you grabbed a picture of on Google Images of uh, Super Mario World or the original Super Mario game, that mm. image alone, the file size would be larger than the entire game. Mm. Yeah. Like the way it's coded. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, actually, Nintendo, uh, like the Nintendo Entertainment System, the technology blows my mind. Cause did you hear of a game called Micromages that came out recently? The, uh, the guys developed it and they developed it for the, oh, for the NES, NES. Wow. Uh, and you can buy a NES cartridge of it and it runs on a NES yeah, with no other, it. yeah. it's no like a 40 kilobyte yeah. game like how oh, right. yeah, do you yeah. make a game that's 40 kilobytes I love that I mean I, I even see a lot of games coming out for like Sega Dreamcast and uh, yeah SNES and they 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 basically somehow optimize it to, well, they would have to almost rewrite the game or write it in a way where it's just always optimized yeah. from the get go to run on these yeah, like twenty-year-old consoles. Yeah. Yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, the the game dev community here in Adelaide. Uh, how do you find it? And also, you know, how long have you been in 
in the community. If yeah, you can say that. I mean, very welcoming. I'm not not. Uh, I'm very new to it, so yeah. I don't know that many people. I've just yeah met you guys at um, one of the or a couple of the meetups um, that we've done. Other than that, I don't really know too many people. Just yeah, I I was actually living in when I started the project. I was living in Berlin. I moved over there in the middle of 2018 and moved back in the middle of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'd met a few people over there and then um, realized after I'd been back and working on the game for a while that I didn't have that here. So that's why I kind of just looked up mm -hmm. groups and things and found yeah. the meetup and yeah. yeah, it's been really good. And yeah, joined the Discord and things like that. Um, What's the uh, community like in Berlin? Yeah, really good. There's There's a bunch of stuff going on there. Obviously it's a very large city yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, I met the the first guy I met there. His name's Stephen Lavelle. He made um, a game called Stephen Sausage Roll. I don't know if you guys have heard that. It's, 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 it's like a cult classic puzzle game. Like it's an incredible puzzle game. Yeah. It's got a very strong following for people who like puzzle games. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very very tough though. I never finished it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just reached out to me on Twitter because he liked one of my posts and realized I was in Berlin. And then we went to a. They had these mini jams every month over there. Yeah. Just like an eight hour jam. So we went. I met him there and then yeah went to those every month and. Eight hours. What kind of games do you see come out of an eight hour jam? Not very good ones. <laughs> <laughs> but they're a lot yeah. of fun. They're just. And yeah, they're a lot of fun to go to. Um, what's the What's the thing that you saw there that was just you know encourage people to come together? Was it those mini jams? Did they have other things like that? Um, yeah, there's more jams. Those were the only ones I went to. Um, and yeah, just through my friend Stephen, he kind of introduced me to a few other people. Mm -hmm. And we used to meet up at a at a space like this, like a co working space once yeah. a week, and you know, he'd just work on his whatever project and I'd just work on my project and it was, yeah, just really, really is it good. Is it a lot um, a lot of sort of collaborating between people there or is it um, like, you know, these these events that they have, it's it's a way of getting people to well, work together and, and throw ideas around. Is, it, is there a lot of that there or? Uh, I think more so than here, but again, you know, I was kind of new to it over there and then moved back to Australia and now mm. I'm new to it here. So I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have a huge involvement in it but yeah i think yeah that, city, that city itself is just great for kind of yeah. collaboration artistic yeah. endeavors yeah, yeah yeah that's right that's yeah. it yeah. awesome yeah. and um any any local projects or that you have your eyes on here or well actually i mean other than i've been looking forward to trying out Melonhead's um game yep but other than that the, <laughs> <laughs> other than that um yeah, the one last week, Hannah, that on yeah, your yeah. your last episode, um, yeah, I hadn't heard of that, but I'm very excited to check that out. Yeah, um, might as well name drop that real quick. So Hannah was uh, the game from our last guest. Um, that's in a what would you call it, like a closed beta, closed testing. Yeah. So uh, if that's something you guys want to be a part of, um, if you reach out to her on Twitter, I think we posted the link last week. Um, I think it's only available for Android at the moment. Um, so sorry, Apple. <laughs> um, uh, it does not hurt me to say that <laughs> um, yeah reach out to her uh, yeah I'm sure she appreciate all the help she can get but yeah um, uh, those game jams because that's something I know that they're looking at trying to bring here is from your uh, experience in the ones in Berlin do you reckon that would fit something here do you reckon the community's large or small enough to try and yeah, yeah. definitely especially 
I imagine like the first one would be quite relaxed. So even mm. if five people showed up, it would still be worthwhile for everyone who showed up. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of grow up from there. But I think you can, if you can find someone who will give you a space for the duration of the yeah. jam, hopefully for free, then yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely worth doing. Um, so it's it's once a month. Yeah, but it was only like a daytime one, like it was yeah, eight hours. Yeah. It's not like a full yeah. weekend jam, which some of them are. Still, that's pretty. That's very frequent. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Same like here. And sometimes, I yeah. oh, there are about thirty or forty in attendance for those. Sometimes wow. sixty or so. But yeah. But again, you've got a you know it's a huge city. There's yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. four and a half million people yeah, or something. Exactly. Because yeah, so. yeah. we um, there's always the the global game jam here. That's in February. Yeah. Um, that I've done a couple of, and um, they're like the classic two day ones. And then I believe one was started on the Discord during lockdown. Um, uh, oh, who was it that started? That was uh, um. Archie, 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 yeah, Archie, yeah, yeah. Archie, yeah, sorry, Archie, Archie and uh, Kathy were looking to start that, um, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to see how that went and if there'd be a potential to do another one. Do I you... think I think doing it in obviously, COVID's changed all of our thinking yeah. about meeting up in person. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I think doing them in a space together and then you can just form a team with people. Like that's how it always operated. I, I you know, we'd all rock up kind of one or two hours before the jam started, yeah. and you just shake hands and meet I feel people. like you need that yeah you and then that. you kind of off be like you know I can do art yeah. and someone does programming yeah. and we just form a little team for the next eight hours and, and when you're actually coming up with ideas like game mechanics and in the art style and stuff, you got to I feel like you got to be there in person you yeah. have to be able to like draw on a whiteboard and, and just hash out ideas like that whereas you know remotely it's just so difficult yeah mm. and I found that I've kind of offered my services as a pixel artist for other jams and yeah if, if people don't know you and stuff like that it's mm. kind of it's just hard to set that up online yeah, yeah. whereas in person you're just like hey let's make a game yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> it's also incredibly uh inspiring to see what are, what, what the next person's working on like yeah next the jam um, it's such a good environment when it's when it's in-house and there's yeah yeah everyone's doing it like i never would have thought um you know, a game on your own is possible. I mean, you've clearly done it and stuff like that. And um, my first game jam, I was working next to someone on Name Drop, Luke Davenport, really skilled guy. He was, his game is, it, it intimidated me because, not not that he was doing it by himself, but the game he was making was something that was real heavy with maths and programming and stuff like that. And like, I was like, I can't even ask about it because <laughs> he's, he's going to hear me talk and it's just going to be like, wah, wah. Like, <laughs> it's not good. But um. And he had real good time management. That's the other thing because we did not. So uh, we were like, okay, 48 hours, we've got to make the most of it. Mm. So I think our first shift was like 26 hours and we like didn't sleep and it doesn't, long story short, it doesn't pay off. And he knew that. Yeah. He was like, I need to go to sleep. I'm going to come back. Yeah. Um, and at eight hours, you would have to worry. You wouldn't really have to. It's just. Yeah, you can go for it in that time frame. I think um, weekend long ones or 72 hour ones do often promote unhealthy kind of conditions, which it's up to you to get yeah. sleep. But yeah. it is, you're going to get more work and better work done if you do go home and have a proper sleep yeah, and things sure. like that. But there is that temptation to just try and work for the whole 48 yeah. hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is another thing, even with like the eight hour ones, you do want to, you want to quickly come up with ideas, but then come up with a, a bit of a game plan and spend 
a good little while making sure you can yeah. do what you want to do and things like and that. And you want to do it as basic as possible. You want to just be able to demonstrate a couple things, like one, you know, the, the type of art that it would be, the mechanic yeah. and all this other sort of stuff, as opposed to trying to flesh out a whole game, you yeah. know, like a whole fully fledged game. Yeah, but it is worth spending a bit of time just making a, here's what we need to do specifically. Yeah, yeah. And this is how long we've got to do each job kind of thing. Like yeah. You're obviously eating into your time doing that, yeah, yeah. but it'll... it'll yeah, it'll pay off. Yeah, that's right. That's it. What else do you reckon could be done, like, uh, locally? Like, what would you like to see in the industry more of? That's a tough question to just be like, <laughs> how do we make this better? Like, because they're taking good strides, but everyone's always got a nice view of what, what, what could be done, you know? Yeah. I mean, this kind of thing would be great, and like, in-house event where everyone actually meets each other in person, mm. um, you know. COVID aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I am um, brand new to the industry as well, essentially. So I don't have great insights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess an easy way, another way I think it would be like, um, what would have made the production of Right easier? Like would have been uh, finding more people locally or? Playtests. Playtests. Playtests would have been smarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I and a lot of people probably work better in an environment where other people are working around you. I was mm -hmm. working from home and that probably mm -hmm. hindered progress a lot um, just because you can just watch YouTube and things like that. Whereas yeah. going to co-working spaces or if, you can, if you've got a group of people you know and you can just go to one of their houses and you're all there to work, whether it's on a project together or your own yeah. separate projects, that's really great. So that's that's good for the productivity. Yeah, I feel, I feel I feel the same. I feel like incubators and co-working spaces are just you can get so much more done yeah. in a smaller amount of time. When you're yeah. at home, you're you might be working, working, you know, yeah, for twelve hours, and you really only get like two hours done because you're yeah. just looking at YouTube. And That's exactly sort of right. Stuff. Yeah. My days were so unstructured working on it. Some some days I go in with a plan, and those days would always be way more productive. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like support to to you know have companies and indie teams sponsored to be able to work in co-working spaces would be awesome mm. just to yeah have some help for that you know because you're in the early stages you don't really have much even just a space you can go to and it's just not you know you don't have a desk yeah. or anything but you're, you maybe just work in the corner on a, on a couch or something you know? yeah yeah no it's definitely yeah the environment you're in yeah because so. another thing i would think of would have been like um which definitely is a recurring thing is like a like mentorship um but then like you know like your twitter and i'm like hey i need advice and exactly what he's, he's doing because yeah. yeah yeah there's those there's those occurrences that slip in you know where like um you don't know much of them as they're going through but they clearly build something up and they don't hit the check marks of the traditional marketing or something like that and then you could be the other side you could hit all the check marks and do not get any following you know so like yours is definitely one where the work just spoke for itself more than generating hype for it you know yeah i think my twitter only had some kind of structure in the few weeks or maybe the month leading up to release i was i was posting every day and posting at a similar time similar kind of content mm -hmm. and actually notice the numbers just dropping each day i think because people are just seeing this same kind of thing yeah over and over um prior to that yeah i'd have 
three months between posts. <laughs> But it would a lot, yeah. Yeah, sometimes they'd generate heaps and then other times it just wouldn't and it was yeah. just, I don't know, it's all... I feel like I want to come to you now for, for marketing. <laughs> yeah, <and advice. laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, it's not my strong suit. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. It, it's, it's a thing of like, even, not even games, but like, you'll find like startup companies, um, they'll uh, not focus on marketing because they're so busy focusing on their product yeah and that focus ends up being its own marketing because the product itself comes out great you know and that's not telling people to not focus on marketing like can't please focus on marketing Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just that it's just you're you're not in that spot because you're just making something that's taking forever you know yeah and i think a lot of it is people are just very visual so if what you're working on is looks awesome Uh, well yeah but if it doesn't look awesome like if it's just a project that doesn't um look all that great i still think if you post whatever information Mm. with you know a funny meme it's just going to get attention to like um yeah just posting text tweets doesn't doesn't really do much so yeah people love the development process it seems they do and even if it's quite technical if it's just interesting to look at yeah it just gets a lot of attention because i mean even i find myself looking at you know devs doing things and it just in, you didn't like it inspires you a little bit to do to, to for yeah. you to keep doing things and yeah and you, you love seeing it on social media so mm. i think that's a good thing as well it's like you're just showing your the product that you're actually working on as opposed to marketing traditionally you know yeah with s- s- selling points and things like that it's just yeah. yeah and i've always tried to be pretty open with how I do things like there's no kind of secrets I don't want to be like not telling anyone how I achieve this it's just I'm yeah very happy to share with how anything is done and I think people like that and I like seeing that on Twitter seeing people just sharing what they're doing and being completely open about how they're going about it it's just yeah inspiring I guess it's the only way to really go forward with it is is to be transparent and open about that stuff Mm. yeah it's only you know it's the only other way that other people learn and people are interested in what you're doing because of that yeah yeah, yeah. and if they want to you know kind of copy you then you know they still have to do the work exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. so um yeah and no, things are dated now like if you have your tweets and stuff like that so like the copying aspect hopefully would never be an issue <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll see it will always be an issue but yeah and i'm not too concerned about that like i definitely you can definitely see the influences in my game i think mm-hmm. like it everyone's like oh it looks like celeste and meat boy and it definitely does and yeah, yeah, yeah celeste was a huge inspiration yeah for this game um especially just kind of how the player looked and moved around like yeah. the animation and stuff so kind of right, reminds me of fez a bit yeah like the yeah. 3d things you know like the, yeah, the 2d yeah. to 3d yeah, yeah. yeah fez was a great game yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you reckon um you'll you'll stick with the uh, game maker or like because it's interesting hearing you start with that like I oh, mean, so many questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what made you go to Game Maker? Was that because it was a tutorial you could find or you had some history with it before? Or? I didn't have any history with it. Um, yeah, I just kind of tried to dabble in a few things, um, like Pico 8 and I think I looked at Godot for a little bit. Um, I don't know, Game Maker, I just picked it and then stuck with it because I yeah, got used to the workflow of it. And um, some people kind of look at write and say oh, wow that's made with game maker and it's mm-hmm. like i'm not even scratching the surface with what that engine can actually do like mine's a very basic game uh, and game maker can do a lot these days so i'll definitely be 
sticking with it for whatever project comes next just because I'm used to it and um, like it. But I do, you know, I've got a bunch of game ideas, as yeah. most people do. Yeah, yeah. And some of those are like 3D and stuff, so I'd like mm. to look at Unreal or Unity at some point. Yeah. They're, they're a bigger beast to kind of get yeah. your head around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's just whatever tool helps you get it out you know the in the, the best and easiest way yeah it doesn't matter if it's not unity or unreal or whatever it's just how, how quickly can you prototype and, and and get it out there yeah yeah so i think especially for 2d games i'm very happy working with yeah game maker people are too used to hearing you know you have to get yeah, unity or unreal it's refreshing hearing other <laughs> yeah. engines like you can do yeah. game maker yeah and actually godot is one that i i don't know much about it but it's um, it's 3D as well and that's just getting so much like it's open source mm. and so many people yeah. are working on it and it's coming a long way very quickly so I'm excited to see where Godot goes actually yeah if you were to give one piece of advice for everyone listening if it's something that I don't know something that you learned that can help people if they're yeah, yeah. developing games right now what yeah. would it be uh, definitely the number one advice is keep your scope in check for your project. Um, that's the only reason I was able to ship is because from the get-go, every level is a single screen and that stayed true throughout. There's just left, right and jump and a wall jump. I never, yeah, never tried to kind of make a big move set for the character. Um, and there's only like four traps, like four things that will hurt you in the game. Yeah. It's, it's very basic and that's the only reason I was able to finish is because I you know, I've got a huge list of things that I want in there that just aren't in there. Yeah. Um, the game was meant to be, you know, like a three-month project, <laughs> learned my way around game development and ended up taking a year and a half, which is pretty standard. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but if you start out looking to do your two-year Metroidvania, you just, you're either never going to finish more likely or if you do, it could be, you know, like seven-year project yeah, and things yeah. like that. So, my advice here yeah, would be find out what is the essential things to do and just do those and then have you have another list of things you'd like and that's that's for later. If you can get them in there, that's great. But yeah. Just have your essentials and just focus on those yeah. as long as you can yeah. <laughs> to try and keep that scope in check. Yeah. I think that's good advice. That's like really good advice. Yeah. And it paid off because it sounds like your work timeline it's like representative of the game. Like it's this neat little packaged, you know, you got in, you got out yeah. sort of thing. Um, and now you've, cause you've done the hardest thing. I mean, there's always a bigger mountain, but the hardest thing is your first game. And now that's going to open so many doors. I hear, I still have not released my <laughs> first game, but I hear over that fence, it looks pretty good. There's like, what is, uh, it's too many, ana uh, not, not anagrams, letters that make words at, like Qantas. I don't know. Uh, so someone will tell me. Um, IGA and IGDA. There's one of them. I think you can get access to now that you've released the game. And okay. there's a there's definitely a community and a network. And you know now for for publishers they'll be able to. You can be like I made this. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. And even if I end up going for a, like looking for a job somewhere, it's it's a pretty good. Oh, kind of sure. portfolio sure, piece, yeah, I think, yeah, to have yeah. finished a project as yeah. well. It looks really good. Yeah, that's um, it. Like resume. So, yeah. Cool. Thanks for coming on our show. No worries. Mm. Thanks for having me. Hope Thank you, you enjoyed it. Uh, anything, anything else you want to add? Or? 
Uh, get right, get it, everyone. It's on and uh, bump the table. <laughs> Sorry if you had that. Oh, I did it again. Uh, it's on st- uh, Steam at the moment and itch. Yeah, Steam itch. itch.io. So, um, yeah, only for Windows at the moment, but hopefully for Mac and Linux soon. Hundred percent recommend it. It's a perfect game for you. Got ten minutes before your uh, Zoom meeting, <laughs> or you've to Friday night. You need to settle in. It's just any aspect you come from. It's a pretty game. It's a fun game. It's a one of those. What's what's the tagline? Like easy to pick up, hard to master kind of games. Like yeah. totally recommend it. And follow Dan on Twitter. Twitter is probably the best place. I am on Discord, but I don't use Discord very much. Um, yeah. So my personal Twitter is at freeadan, f r e e r, f r e r d a n, and then the company one for Pond Games is Games by Pond. So, yeah. Pond Games. I don't think we've mentioned that enough. Pond <laughs> Games as well. And there is a website, um, pond.games, but that's just basically a landing page to say, here's my game, here's where you can buy it, <laughs> <laughs> here's the trailer. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.